And in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, and if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Here, Solomon is bringing out some basic principles of life that we as Christians need to understand. You know, that last phrase, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. The strength that is there when we develop in our lives a a group of people that we share with and and are willing to be vulnerable with and are willing to invest in their lives and they invest in our lives. God did not design any of us to be lone rangers, to do it on our own. When we are alone, we can't help ourselves nor others. And God continually brings out the reality that he designed us to live in community. That's one of the purposes of a church. And then we will be profitable to one another. And he mentions that then things would increase. But we often struggle with this. And I understand that, yes, we have the Spirit of God dwelling in us, and it's, it's God and I, and, and we make a team. But you, you have a hard time defending just that alone in Scripture because God is continually saying to us to minister to one another and to be ministered to one another. And he designed the church and he gave gifts that we are to minister to one another. And we need each other. And we struggle with that because, one, we live in America and we have about everything we need. So I don't need you and you don't need me. And yet, because of that attitude, we are hindered in in our own personal lives, and the work of Christ is hindered. So he goes through this, and he says, two are better than one. And he gives four examples. Two are better than one when you work, verses 9 and 10, because you have a good reward for your labor. Verse 9, that that when you have someone else that is there working with you, that's another mind, that's two more hands, and and in particular, all of us have men, well, most of us have men, have been in situations where 
I can do this myself. I don't need help. And we do it ourselves. Much to sometimes we get it done, and sometimes we're going to visit the chiropractor afterwards, or sometimes we're fixing things up because we couldn't do it ourselves and it messed it up. And and oftentimes it just comes down to our own pride. And, and we can disguise our pride and say, well, I don't want to bother anybody else. But in work, it's one area. The second area is when you fall down. Verse 10, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe be to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. So, two are better than one. In work, when when you stumble and fall, and he's illustrating it physically, but not just physically. When When we fall in our walk, it is wonderful to have others come along and help us to get up and say, wait a minute, that what you're, I'm worthless, I can't do it. No, that's a lie. To help us take captive our thoughts and, and to identify the truth and to walk in truth. And then he says, two are better than one when you are cold. Again, if two lie together, then they'll have heat. But how can you be warm alone? Men, how many of you are married to women who have cold feet? All right. They know this truth, don't they? I've said to Marilyn, at least warn me when you're going to put your cold feet on me in bed, okay? So I can brace myself. But... He he said this is these are he's illustrating a point here. My dad always said my mom was born in, in North Dakota when it was thirty four below. That wasn't wind chill. They didn't have wind chill back there. The wind didn't blow back in nineteen twenty three, all right? Ace is up in North Dakota right now and he said, Man, it is cold up here. But my dad always said, I don't think her feet ever warmed up, all right, (laughs) from 34 below. Um, Incidentally, just the grace of God. My mother was born, was like three or four pounds. They put her in a shoebox and set her on the lip of the wood stove to keep her warm. 34 below zero. I mean, you had to turn her, I'm sure, like a loaf of bread. You know what I'm... Seriously. I mean, think about it. And, and you know, you think, about, you think about all your heritage. I mean, it's a miracle any of us are here tonight. It's the amazing grace of God. But two are better than one when you work, when you fall down, when you are in the cold, and when you are in a fight. And we mentioned this morning, we are in a fight. And the sooner we realize that, the better off we'll be. And and spiritually speaking, God never intended us to go into this fight alone. 
This is a fight that, that we have to battle in and of ourselves, in ourselves, as we mentioned this morning, between the old flesh and the new spirit and that battle. And two are better than one when we are in a fight. There are some attacks that you cannot face on your own. There are some battles that you just, God never intended you to fight those on your own. There are some enemies that you personally have. It may be not a person. It may be something that battles your soul that you cannot defeat on your own. There are some attitudes that you cannot change on your own. There are some habits that you can't break on your own. There are some problems God intended you (coughs) to have others involved in helping solve those problems. There's some needs that you have that, that you cannot meet on your own, that God intended others to help meet those needs. And sometimes our pride stands in the way and says, no, I'm, I'm not going to let you do that. We need each other. Brother Lester Roloff, uh, a great man of God that... Uh, I enjoyed listening to, and years ago, he understood the reality of of two are better than one. And he said, if I stumble, pick me up. If I falter, push me on. If I retreat, shoot me. And you'd have to know Brother Lester Roloff. He, he went off. He took his milk cow and went off to Baylor University to prepare for the ministry. And he milked his cow and paid his way. This was way back when, okay? I mean, he was still alive up through the 70s, I think. Um, But he understood the spiritual warfare. He was mightily used of God. But we need, it, it. it's not a sign of our spiritual maturity to say, I'm going to go it alone. No, we, we need each other. And it's humbling, and that's a good thing when we admit we need others and, and admit that we would be better off, that I don't have it all here in and of myself. You know, one of the things, as you read the book of Acts and you read the epistles, one of the things that stands out, they they daily met together in fellowship and prayer and breaking of bread. And I think they understood the reality that we need each other, that that we need to help each other. And the early church, another thing that will stand out in the early church is their commitment to prayer. And, and I want to encourage us as a church body, but as individuals, to develop prayer partners. And he says a twofold cord is better than a single stranded cord, 
but a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Throughout your life, you have seen many Christians go on and something happens in their life and they walk away from God. And we're not here tonight to debate whether they were a Christian or not or come into some catastrophe in their life. And I believe many times this could have been avoided if we had developed a threefold cord of individuals in our life that we spent time together in prayer with. When I was in Bible college, there was a group about three to fives, maybe sometimes six of us guys that would would just get together, and it was out of necessity. It was out of of uh, deep needs in our life that would would get together early in the morning and just pray together. And and it's amazing; those are the ones that you really develop friendship with. And I want to encourage you in your life to ask God, and you pursue developing prayer partners. And I just want to give some some basic things. Number one, commit to prayer. Come together to pray. Okay, not come together to talk a little bit, but come together. I want someone that we can pray, that we can pray together. And see, already I know this is putting you out of your comfort zone. But do you want to be broken? Or do you want to be one that is not easily broken? And this warfare that we're in is going to get nothing but worse. And we need to embolden ourselves and be embattled against this warfare that we're in. And and I believe with all my heart, there would be nothing better than than to see multitudes of little groups of people praying together and truly bearing one another's burdens. I I would suggest, these aren't any legal, these are suggestions. Have at least three in your group and no more than five. But And don't make that a hard, fast rule, okay? Um. But more than, two is better than none, okay? And I'm not saying, well, we don't have a third one, so we can't do it. Don't do that. But two is better than one, but a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And and I suggest three to five, because there's times when uh, people are sick or gone or whatever, And this is what happens. Well, you miss one week, then you miss another week, then the whole thing dies and it's gone. Okay? Now, again, if you have two, that's fine. But maybe you want to reach out and get somebody else in. And, And then invest in each other. I mean, you're there to minister to them. How can you help them in the battle? And And see... This this takes time to develop trust and to know their needs and, and to know how you can minister to them. But it takes time, too, period. 
And many of you are thinking, I don't have time for this. We'll have time for this when everything falls apart. You know, I I go back and think on 9-11, Sheraton had time to call a prayer meeting on the town square when when they crashed into the Twin Towers. I mean, we shut things down and went and prayed. We need, I'm not saying you need to shut things, but we need to carve time out of our life to say, I have got to get prayer in my life. I have got to make this a priority and invest in each other and be honest with each other. If, if, if you're really, really struggling with something, say, I really need your prayers. I am really struggling with this. And, and that means you need to protect, protect confidentiality. All right? So they say in the group, I am really struggling with this. That shouldn't go anywhere but in prayer there to God and in prayer you bringing them before the Lord. One of the things that destroys these prayer cells, if you please, is is the lack of confidentiality. And when people find out, you know, what I shared is spread around, that ends it right there. There needs to be an, an honesty. I mean, I understand it, you know, when people say, how are you doing? Fine. You don't want to, at the door, tell everybody everything. I've known people that did that, and people quit asking them how they are, all right? But but when we get in in this prayer group, you know, if, if man, the last week I've really struggled getting in the Word. You don't say, how's it going for you? Fine. You say, I have really been struggling getting in the Word. Or I've really been battling some thoughts that are not good at all. And we need to be honest and protect confidentiality. And we need, we need to commit to these things and don't quit. We are, we are good starters, but not very good finishers. Now, I, I know how, I know how this can go. We hear this tonight, we might feel a little tinge that we need to do something, and then it's easy for us to walk out and not do anything about it. Now, I know how it is, too. You may, you may say to someone, hey, um, would you pray about being a, one of my prayer partners? I really want to get some... Would you pray about it? Be prepared. I mean, pray about it. Let the Spirit of God lead. And and if somebody says no, don't throw the whole thing out and don't think evil of them. I mean, we don't know what's going on, but keep pursuing it. And I believe with all my heart, that God will direct you to people if you have a desire. I want 
I need people in my life, and I need to minister to other people too. I mean, just like this. Jolene mentioned that she's been meeting with this lady and doing a Bible study. It's a two-way street, as she said. The verses I've shared to her, she ends up sharing them back to me. We need to be involved in other people and allow them to be involved in our life because a two-fold cord can withstand a lot, but a three-fold cord is not quickly broken. And we have many, many Christians that are broken. I don't mean in the good sense of broken in a contrite spirit. I mean they're broken and not useful. And many times it comes back to this. And this isn't just for adults, young people to to get together and say, you know, when could we get together? See, this is this is the body functioning. And sure, there will be corporate times of prayer where we say we're going to have a prayer meeting. But there there ought to be prayers going on and people gathering together for prayer every day in the church body. And I'm not saying you ought to be involved in one every day, but I'm saying we need to be known as a praying church. I mean... That will take care of everything else. But not only as a church, as individuals, I am not going to make it. We need to realize this. I I am not going to make it unless I get the help of others. And and you know what? We not we're not. We may make it in our minds, but we're falling far short of what God intended us to be. I mean there, there's few things worse than seeing someone that has great potential but misses it drastically. And I fear many times that's how God looks at us. So, you know, this is the challenge tonight. And, and this is a challenge I pray that we won't just let fall and into the ground and, and, Just we go on and forget about it. Is it going to stretch us? Yeah. Does it mean some change? Absolutely. But if we keep doing what we've always done, we'll get what we always got. And the reality is we may be content with it, but God isn't. He wants to do exceeding abundantly far beyond what we can even ask or think. He wants there to be great glory in the church. And that comes as we commit ourselves to prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would truly sense and know your leading in our lives. And Lord, that you would give each of us as individuals, the joy of knowing a three-folded stranded cord of fellow brothers and sisters that establishes and strengthens and settles us and uses us to help others. 
And Lord, I pray that we would know the power that only comes through your grace as we come into your throne. Lord, we need you. And you have designed us to need each other. And I pray that we would push through whatever hinders us. And Lord, that we would know your power empowering us to be individuals that are involved in others' lives, serving as unto you. And may you be mightily glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.